Right. Welcome everybody to Church Online. Uh, I know it may be different than what you're used to. Maybe you're there in your home or watching on the app wherever you are uh, with your family. It's different than what we're used to as well. Um, some of the Dream Team, we're all just trying to make this work, uh, just kind of experimenting with some things. And so we just want to welcome you this morning. Uh, we actually filmed a version of this yesterday uh, in case the quarantine guidelines came out differently or we had some trouble online. And so if you see me change into a t-shirt and sweatpants in the middle of the service, you'll know what happened, all right? You'll know we had to switch to that. But let's just enjoy the morning together. Uh, I know it's completely not normal, and this whole season has this, this ring of unnormalcy to it, but let's just try to bring a little bit of normalness back to our lives. So go ahead and grab out your message notes if you want to click there in the app on this week's message, uh, or if you want to grab a piece of paper and a pen in your house, uh, we're going to take some notes, just like any other Sunday. We're going to take some notes together because I still believe God has something to say to us. He has a word for us in this season, and so I want you to know that we take very seriously the things that are happening in the world around us uh, as a leadership team and as a church when it comes to scheduling Sunday services or how we're going to move going forward, uh, what we're going to do. We take that very seriously and we're taking this crisis very seriously. But here's the thought I want to give you this morning and that is I am concerned with your physical health. We are all concerned. We are praying for you. We are concerned with that, but we are also concerned with your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Because I believe that there is that we need to stay informed. We need to have those things. It's important to take the precautions and to listen to what the CDC is telling us, what our governor and our mayor and our president, what they're asking us to do. It's important for that. But my job as a pastor is to also care about your mental, your spiritual, and your emotional state. Because I know if you let the isolation and the quarantine get to you over the next several weeks, if you let that get down deep inside of you, you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble. And so I want you to know we want to minister to your spiritual health this morning and in the weeks moving forward. Because we all read the websites. We all watch the news. We all do that. But for some of us, it has grown into an obsession. It's grown into this daily sinking into despair or hopelessness. But guess what, everybody? The coronavirus will pass. This season will pass. This season will end. And it's important for us in the moment, in these moments that we have, to conduct ourselves appropriately. And I've heard this verse a lot in the last couple of weeks. I want to preach out of it today. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The reality is there is a spirit that's attached to fear. There is a spirit attached. And when people get afraid, that is one thing. But when they allow it to get inside of them, when they allow fear to begin to dictate every part of their life, when they let it sink into their heart, it's important for us to be wise and to understand what God is doing in this season and to understand that God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's important for us to step back and to realize that that spirit that surrounds fear, all that craziness and chaos and fear that's in the world, that is not authored by God. And so it's important for us when we read our Bibles and we begin to pray that we identify where it's coming from so that we can respond appropriately. So I want to spend a few minutes just talking about what happens when we let fear control our lives. I want to talk about what happens when we let these crazy things that happen to us let fear set in. And then we're going to talk about some practical things right out of God's word that I believe are actionable for our church this week. Things that we can begin to do to not only combat fear in our own lives, in our own homes, but in the community around us. All right, in Mark chapter 4, there's this great story about Jesus. Uh, it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, and I love this story because the disciples come up against something in this story. They come up against something that's unexpected, like a pandemic, something that threatens their lives, something they were not expecting to happen to them in this season. And they respond a way that I think a lot of us respond. And so I want to learn from their story. It picks up in chapter 4. He said, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. 
So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind. I want to pause just for a minute because a lot of times we will skip over that part of the verse. And I just want to point out something to you in this story. And that is when you get into the middle of a crisis in your life, when you go through something that's unexpected, who you have in the boat determines whether you sink or swim. Who you have in your boat determines whether you're going to sink or swim in the storm that's coming. And today I wonder how many of us have the wrong crowd in the boat. I wonder how many of us have the wrong crowd because whenever you set out to do anything great for God, whenever you walk the path of the life that he's called you to walk, there will always be storms. There's always going to be a storm in the middle of it, always going to be resistance. Nothing God has ever called us to is easy. Nothing he ever calls us to, but the reality is that many people in America have the crowd in the boat and Jesus on the shore. Many people in the church have the crowd in the boat and Jesus on the shore. And if you have CNN and Fox News pumping into your house 24-7, if that's the only voice that you're listening to, you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble. And so I'm asking you today, who is in your boat? Who is in your boat? What people are investing into your life? What voices ring the loudest in your home? What voices are ringing? What truth are you embracing? Who is in the boat? And it matters because watch this in verse 37. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up, like it always does in our lives. A fierce storm, highways breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. And I love this verse here. It's verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat, and watch this, with his head on a cushion. I love that part of the boat, because Jesus is just in the back. He's brought his little, right, his little travel pillow. He's blown it up, got it around his neck. He's got his Bose noise-canceling headphones on or beats or whatever, you know, your particular taste is. He's listening to worship music, shout to the Lord. He's just out. He's sleeping in the back. And the disciples are freaking out. The disciples wake him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Verse 39, he says, but when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why, why are you guys so afraid? Why are you freaking out? Why don't you have faith? What's wrong with you guys? You still have no faith. And the disciples were absolutely still terrified. And they said, who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. There are three different things in this story we see that happens when fear begins to set into our lives. When we allow fear to take control of us, when we allow ourselves, and I want to look at them today because I think we all of us, when we get fear in our lives, we let these things happen. First thing is that fear pollutes our thoughts. First thing you realize when fear begins to take control of your life, it begins to pollute your thoughts. You think crazy things when you're afraid. That is why there is no toilet paper for sale in the entire city of Baton Rouge. In the surrounding area, there is no toilet paper. Like, why, why toilet paper? Like, you guys, you know you can survive without toilet paper, right? You guys understand that. We all understand. You can survive without toilet paper. I'm walking down the aisles looking at things. Like, things that should be sold out are not sold out. And the things, like, why, why that? Why toilet paper? Why? I just, like, come on. And I don't know. If you don't have toilet paper yet, like, if you haven't gotten the memo, like, you start sawing your paper towels in half or something, all right? You guys are, you're in trouble if you don't have it already. I'm just telling you, just no, no going to the bathroom for the next couple of weeks. You start thinking crazy things when you let fear set into your life. It starts to pollute your thoughts. You get yourself upside down. You start sharing everything you see on Facebook and Instagram as the God honest truth. You just, you get crazy thoughts sometimes when you let fear control your actions. It pollutes our thoughts. So this is what the disciples said to Jesus. Teacher, you don't care. 
Teacher, don't you care? They said, teacher, you don't care about us. I don't think God cares about me, or I don't think God can protect me. I don't think that I should hug my kids. I don't think I should have any friendships at all. I don't think that I should, I should. I do think I should stockpile worthless goods and things and supplies. We think crazy things. We get our thoughts sideways when we let fear take over our lives. Second thing that it does in our lives pollutes our thoughts, but it also poisons our words. Fear begins to poison our words. Fear will poison the things that you say. And the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So be careful what you're saying in a time like this. Be careful about the words that you're speaking. Because I can be honest with you guys, this is a season where we are being forced to slow down. If I could just remind you, this is a season where we are being forced in our lives to slow down to not travel, to not do different things that we normally would be doing. The kids' clubs aren't playing. The sports aren't happening. Extracurriculars are canceled. The kids are home from school. We can't even watch March Madness, for crying out loud. Come on, somebody. We can't even. It is March, and so we should be. If March Madness is not on, there is nothing to do. There is nothing, nothing to do. My wife is like, praise God, there is no March Madness, right? Because basketball is life. Come on. Basketball. So, But if you're not careful in these seasons, if you're not careful about fear, that's trying to work its way into your life, you will start speaking death over your family and over the world around you. If you are not careful about the words that you say in this time, you'll start speaking death. So I'm asking you, how are you leading your home during this crisis? How are you leading your family? Because the things we ought to be saying are, I'm so thankful the kids are at home. I'm so thankful I get this chance to spend time as a family. I'm so thankful that things need to slow down. I'm so thankful that we can't travel, that we get to stay together. We get to learn from one another and grow and teach our kids how to serve. I'm so thankful we have this time because this is a time normally when the world would be trying to ramp up our schedule. The world would be trying to get you to get busier and busier, and it's a wonderful blessing we have during this time. It's a blessing, but what we might, if we're not careful, what we might end up saying is the whole world is going to catch this and everybody's going to die and the world is going to end. And if we got CNN and Fox News on all the time, and all we're doing is watching all the time. And can I remind you, while it is great to be connected, while it is great to stay informed in this world that we live in, it's amazing how the information age, we can stay informed. I would just remind you, so many of those places are making money because you're watching. So many are making money. And I'm not saying the virus isn't real. I'm not saying the threat is not real. They are. But what I'm saying is the fear that surrounds everything, this obsession and this hyperlized, this tension that we're feeling, this sensationalized feeling all of us are having, that is driven by greed. That is driven. When fear begins to set in, it's driven by greed. And you need to understand the world. You need to listen and read what the CDC is asking us and what the president is asking us to do. And you need to read the guidelines. And we need to pay attention to what's happening in the world. But let's not pollute our world. Let's not poison our world with the words that we're speaking. Let's not poison our world with the wrong words. Let's be careful about what we say. Because here's what the disciples said. Teacher, you don't care that we're going to drown. They didn't say, we feel like you don't care. They didn't say, teacher, we just wanted to ask you a question. They said, you don't care. And then they didn't say, we feel like our lives are at risk. They said, we're all going down. Like, it's all over. Now, in their minds, they're probably thinking, like, Jesus, you're just going to float out of here somehow. You're just going to, you know, be safe, however it is. But the rest of us, we're going to drown. They're convinced that they were going to drown. And we do the very same thing. Jot it down if you're taking notes. When we become afraid, we create facts out of feelings. When we become afraid in our lives, we let fear set in, we create facts out of feelings, and that is a very dangerous place to be. It's incredibly dangerous. The disciples weren't about to drown. They were the farthest thing from drowning, but that's how they felt, and so they spoke it as fact. That's the way they felt in their emotions. You gotta be careful about the words that you are speaking, life and death in the power of the tongue. And then what it does finally, if we allow it to continue, is that it paralyzes our future. Listen to me, church, this too will pass. 
This virus is going to pass. This season is not the end of life. It's not the end of civilization as we know it. This is not the end. I don't know how long it will take. It might take a few days, a few weeks. It might take a few months, depending on which expert you listen to. But the truth is, it will pass. This season will pass. And God is not up in heaven confused about what's going on. God is not up in heaven confused. He saw the beginning from the end, and he chose us to live at this time to be his light to the world. He chose us to live at the time that we're living. He's not confused about your life. He's not confused about the world. He's not confused about the coronavirus. And the Bible says he knows the plans that he has for us. He knows the plans. He has plans for you through this. He has plans for you after this virus. God has a plan for your life. But so many people will get paralyzed and make very damaging decisions during this time. Because fear has a way of paralyzing. Fear has a way of causing us to freeze. And you know this, I know a lot of you know, if you ever jump out and scare anybody, it's a fun thing to do, all the brothers say amen, right? You ever jumped out and scared your sibling? We just begin, when you've ever done that, it's fun to do. Everybody freezes for about half a second when you jump out and scare them. And then everybody has one of three responses. Everybody responds one of three ways. They either, they either fall over dead or run away, right? They're the flight. Or they either, some people just punch you right in the face, right? They are the fight. That is their response. Some people just pee all over themselves, and those are the best. Those are the, the best people. But what the devil wants to do right now is to paralyze you with fear. What he wants to do right now is to hit you hard at something you weren't expecting and to paralyze you. Because look at what Jesus said before all of this started. Go back to the beginning of the story. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciple, let us cross to the other side of the lake. Now watch what Jesus did not say. Jesus didn't say, hey guys, let's go down tonight, go on the lake, and see what happens. Like, let's just, go, let's just go see what happens. Or let's go down to the lake, get in the boat, and let's all go die tonight. No, Jesus said, let's go down to the lake and let's cross over to the other side. And I think sometimes in the midst of our trial, we forget the promises that he's made to us. Sometimes in the midst of our trial, we forget the things that Jesus has spoken to us, the promises of God's word. Listen, church, don't doubt in the storm what Jesus told you on the shore. Don't begin to doubt now that you're in a storm what Jesus spoke to you on the shore. The promises of God to your life are still yes and amen. The promises that God have made are not in jeopardy. They will still come to pass. The word of God stands firm. And so we as a church are not going to doubt the promises of God just because of a storm that we're going through. The calling God has for us remains the same. There is still a future for your life. But if you live in fear, you will miss this window. Because I promise you, in this time, there are hundreds of thousands of people that are going to come back to Christ in this time of crisis. There are people who are still searching for the answer, and we are not going to shrink back as a church. The gospel will still go forward. But here's the promise, and here's the key. We have to remember that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear comes from the devil, and it is gripping our culture today. And Christians, even Christians, have bought into it in their lives. Let's go back to our verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to walk through those three things because I think there's three actionable steps we can take as a church. Three things from this verse. All right, number one, he says he's given us the spirit of power. Jot that down if you're taking notes. Spirit of power. Second Chronicles says it this way. This is Hezekiah leading the children of Israel, and there's an army coming against them, and he stands up and he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. No fear. Because of the king of Assyria and the vast army that is with him, for there is, read this part with me, right there in your homes, read this part, for there is a greater power with us than with him. There is a greater power with us than with him. And I want to go back to that because I know some of you didn't read that with me, all right? Read that right where you are watching on the app. Read it out loud, for there is a greater power with us than with him. God, I need to remind you today, there is a greater power with us than the coronavirus. 
Do you believe that? There's a greater power with us than any enemy that's in the world. There's a greater power with us. Because if we don't believe that, let's just shut it all down, right? Sell the buildings and go sell vacuum cleaners. If we don't believe that in our life, if we don't just claim that, the Bible says greater power with us. And watch what he says in the next verse. Because with him, the other king, is only the arm of the flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gain confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. And I'm praying today that you would hear the word of the Lord and you would pick up your head. You'd get your shoulders back and begin to live the life God has called you to live. Don't be full of anxiety. Let's take authority over the spirit of fear. And understand God has given us power. You have power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I want to explain to you where it comes from and then what that power is. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you'll have power and then you'll become witnesses of the gospel. When the Holy Spirit baptizes your life, you are filled with power. That word power there is the same one in our passage. It's dynamis. And that word power, it means strength, power, and ability. It means strength, power, and ability to spread the gospel. You see, what the devil wants to do is to zap you of your strength. He wants to bring a spirit of fear into your life, and so you feel like, I can't do anything in the midst of all of this, and I've got anxiety in my life, and I just can't even move because it's crippling, this anxiety and this fear that I'm feeling. You know where anxiety comes from? You want to know where it comes from? It doesn't come from not knowing the future. None of us ever know the future. None of us ever know the future. It comes from us trying to control the future, and we never can. And so when you try to control the future, you never fix the future. You just zap today of its strength. You zap today of your strength. But you want to know what the power of the church is. It's not that we don't get sick. Some of the greatest Christians in the New Testament and Old Testament, some of the greatest people of faith got sick. It's not that we don't get sick. It's not that we don't walk through trials and storms. Jesus promised that we would. That's not what the power is. You know what the power is? Is that we are called to fulfill the purpose of God on the earth and no virus and no pandemic and no evil and no enemy and no storm can come against that purpose. We are called as the church to spread the gospel and to build his kingdom and nothing can stop that. And we may not know what the path looks like, but we know who holds the future. We know our God is still in control. That is the power that we have. But if you're sitting staring at a 24-hour news cycle and you can't do the laundry and you can't do the work and you can't send the email and you don't want to play with the kids and you don't want to exercise and you're overeating or you're undereating and you can't even speak a word of life to your neighbor or on your status and you can't even speak those words, if you're killing your physical body, it's all a trick of the enemy and it's driven by fear. It's driven by anxiety. It's not who God has called us to be. We will be people full of the Holy Spirit. We will speak life to the world around us because he says it's not by might, not by power, it's by his spirit, says the Lord. This is the time, number one, this is the actionable step, number one, that we would stand in authority. The church, we have the spirit of power, we power, we would stand in authority. We are the body of Christ. He is coming back. Heaven and hell still stand in the balance. People's lives are still important. People still need to hear the gospel. And so we will use whatever technology we need to use. We will use whatever platform we need to use because we need to make sure the gospel is still going forward. We need to make sure in this time that we are still doing everything we can to spread his kingdom. And if that looks like spreading it in your neighborhood, if that looks like talking to people across the fence, if that means like putting it on your status, whatever it means in this time, we will use every opportunity we can that no matter what, the gospel continues to go forward. Because as long as I'm breathing, the gospel will go forward. And if I stop breathing, somebody else picks up the torch because nothing, nothing on this earth stops the purposes of God. Nothing can claim, nothing can stand against our God. That is the power as we stand in authority. The second thing it says we need to have is the spirit 
of love. The spirit of love. I love this verse in 1 John. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perfect love casts out fear. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I want you to let that sink in for just a little bit. That perfect love drives out fear. In other words, the way to eradicate fear in your life and in the lives of those around you is by perfect love. You say, well, how does that work? Well, Galatians says it this way. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I'm calling our church number two, and that is we're going to serve with passion. We're going to begin to serve with passion. Let's stand in authority knowing no weapon formed against us will prosper, but then let's actually do something about it. So many of you have already started helping out your neighbors who might be in the most at-risk demographic or you've been caring for kids when their parents have to go to work and the kids have nowhere else to go or bringing food to first responders. We've already been working those things and so here's what we're doing as the church because we talk a lot about being the church but the reality is overcoming fear is gonna require activity, not passivity. If we're gonna overcome fear in our lives as the church, it's gonna require activity, not passivity. We cannot say faith over fear if we're not doing anything because faith without works is dead. Serve somebody. Let's make a difference in the world around us in these times, in this season that we've been called to. Let me just show you how we're doing this as a church and how you can be involved. We started compiling a list of those in our church body who are in the most at-risk demographic or who are some of the first responders and health workers uh, who need support during this time. And we've launched a page on our website, victoryharvest.com slash corona outreach, where you can sign up to help. And it's everything from delivering groceries or prescriptions to those who can't leave their homes to helping with math homework over Skype for parents who did math 30 years ago but can't understand it anymore or bringing food to the first responders. I don't know what these next few weeks will hold, but I know that we are gonna love one another through this. We are going to serve with passion through this because during this crisis, and as always, we don't just go to church, we are the church. We are going to be the church outside of these walls, and it's outside of this hour that we spend together on the weekends. Obviously, I think this is very important because there are people who are hurting and need to hear the gospel. There's community we need to form together, but it's also important that outside of these walls, in our homes, we practice what we preach that we live out what we say we believe, that we care for those on the fringes, those who are the most at risk, those who are most vulnerable. And there'll be a whole bunch of ways that you can, you can sign up to serve and we'll be contacting throughout the week in different ways that you can help. We're not gonna be reckless, but we're gonna love one another through this. We're gonna love each other. We're gonna love within our church and then outside of our church and begin to be the body of Christ. You wanna get out of fear. Fear makes you internally focused. You know that truth about fear? It makes you internally focused. Fear makes you stockpile milk and eggs and diapers and wipes and laundry detergent and and toilet paper. That's what fear does. But man, when I look at the early church and they're under persecution and they're actually under a physical threat, people are looking for them to kill them. The Bible says they continue to spread the gospel. It doesn't say they stockpile toilet paper. They continue to love one another. They stayed the course. If it's kept the kingdom going, the last one that we're supposed to have is a spirit, a sound mind. That God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. Of course, we start to think crazy things in crazy times. But the Bible says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. I want to pause right there and say for a moment, don't be blind to the fact that we are in a war. Don't be blind to the fact that we do live in a world that is war. There is a physical war going on, but there are spiritual wars as well. That we're in a battle with the devil and we, don't, we live in the world, but we don't wage war as the world does. And so we have weapons, the Bible says, but the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. 
On the contrary, there are divine power, divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Because what the devil is trying to do is inject all types of crazy thoughts into your life. And we have to have a sound mind. We have to. And there are two ways I know to do that. Jot it down as we close. You have to stay grounded in God's word and relationships. You have to stay grounded. You come back to God's word and the principles of what it says. And then you come back to your relationships. You begin to check yourself. Whether you're gathering in small groups or you're connecting with your neighbors or you're online or you're texting or calling one another, we're joining together as a church online for service and prayer on Wednesdays. Whatever it looks like, we have to stay connected in relationships because when you are alone, when you are isolated, if you don't take advantage of the technology and the ways that we can still get connected, if you remain isolated, you will lose your mind. The devil is really good at what he does. And I thank God for these chances that we have to come together as a church online, to come together through texts and calls, to begin to meet in small groups. I thank God for those opportunities because let's actually be people that read God's word. And let's be people who stay in relationship with God's people. We have to do those things. We have to strengthen ourselves so there is no fear. I wanted to close this message just by reading a passage of scripture to you. And I don't want you to write it down. I don't want you to take notes on this. I just want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. I'm not going to put it up on the TV. I just want to read it out of my Bible. I want to encourage you, wherever you are at home right now or watching on the app, just close your eyes because I believe you need to hear this today. And last Sunday, we read Psalms 91. This Sunday, I want to read Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, would you bow your heads with me wherever you are right now? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. As we close this service, I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. I don't know where you are in your journey of faith. It's important in moments like this, important to remember what is important. Because the reality is, at the end of the day, all that matters is eternity. If fear is gripping your heart, if anxiety is controlling your life today, the Bible says that Jesus is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And his gift to you today is salvation. And you can have that today by surrendering your life to him. And maybe you're far from him. And maybe this whole event has driven you online and you've been watching videos and different things and you stumbled across this. And if that's you today and you say, well, I do want the peace of God in my life and I do want a relationship with him, I want to help you today with that. Let right now be the moment that you come back to God. If some of you are saying, I've been in the church all my life, but I've never made that decision. I've never chosen to follow him. Let today be the day that you commit your life to the Savior. Let today be the day because I'm telling you, he's not mad at you. He's not waiting to judge you. He loves you and he wants to save you. 
So wherever you are right now, would you bow your head? If that's you today, you say, Ben, I want to pray that prayer. Ben, I want to be included in that. If that's you today, you say, I want to come back to him or I want to dedicate for the first time. I just want to pray with you. I'm going to give you the words to say. But you need to say them and you need to mean them in your own heart. So come on, church, wherever you are right now, let's pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins and all my mistakes. I surrender my life to you. I accept what you did on the cross and I make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, make me brand new. Help me to live this life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Now God, I thank you for every person watching online. Lord, in these unprecedented times, I pray that you would fill us fresh and anew with the Holy Spirit and the power and the boldness that we've never had before. God, to proclaim the goodness of our God to be a light to the world around us. Thank you, Lord, that we can love people because perfect love casts out fear. Lord, let us be missionaries to drive out fear in other people's lives. Lord, let us be just bastions of light in this world around us to bring healing to those who are hurting, to bring hope to those in despair. God, we thank you for your word that it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, we thank you that we stand on it as a firm foundation. Lord, that today we are claiming it over our families, over our city, over our country, over our world, God. Lord, we thank you for these beautiful relationships that we had, God, in this church. Lord, that in this time as we practice social distancing, God, that it would not be a trap for isolation. God, help us to stay in community to leverage everything that we have to stay in those relationships you have given us. God, we thank you that on the other side of this, your name would be glorified. God, we thank you for this opportunity, Father, to reach the world around us, to be a part of this that you're getting ready to do. We thank you again, God, for being a part of your kingdom. And your name is going to be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Guys, know this week we're going to be praying for you here at the church. We'll meet online again on Wednesday night for prayer and next Sunday morning as well for services. Be blessed, guys, as you go.